Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we welcome Mr. Keto 5 Eric Reynolds. You don't get into it to do that, you know? Ooh, still get emotional about it. Because at that point, it was either him or us, you know? And he made his decision, you know? And I'm sorry that's the decision he made, you know? But but yeah, it does carry over. Um, when I tell the story, I cry at different parts sometimes. You know, I don't know why at this point, but I do get put back in that mindset telling the story, you know? And when you're being shot at, you have to make a decision to fire back. I mean, like, it's such a primal state to be in. It's crazy. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I wanna thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper. Hope you're having an awesome day. Thanks for pressing play today. I am your host, Ben Azadi. Today, we welcome a friend, Eric Reynolds. I recently connected with Eric and heard about a story. Former police officer from Florida, just like myself, who went through a lot of post-traumatic stress. And we get into that topic and how stress, mental stress, impacts your health. We get into a story he's going to share working as a Boynton Beach police officer and something that happened during his time as a police officer. He actually gets choked up. He cried a little bit and it's a very impactful story uh, and it's going to resonate with a lot of people who have gone through some sort of post-traumatic stress. And then we'll get into how Eric learned about keto and carnivore and how it healed his body. He got so inspired to start teaching this to those on the front lines, those who are police officers or anybody who's gone through post-traumatic stress. We get into how Eric became the Keto 5.0 guy and his passion for nutrition, the Magic Pill documentary, which changed his life, his awesome Facebook group, which we'll link down below, how Eric's health improved when he started to lose weight with keto by getting healthy. He's going to share his health transformation. He also has a great thing going on called Cops and Campers improving the lives of active and retired police officers. So if you're a police officer or a first responder listening to this, Eric is your jam. Even if you're not, Eric is your jam. If you have gone through any kind of stress that you might be dealing with right now, this is a great conversation with for you. And uh, we also get into why ketosis is not a diet, it's a lifestyle, and so much more. We're going to put links and references for everything mentioned in the podcast notes down below. I'm going to bring on Eric shortly, but I do want to get to the Apple podcast rating and review of the day before I do. 
This is a five-star review from Amart6288. The title is called Encyclopedia of Keto. This guy knows his stuff. I did dirty keto a while back and it didn't work for me. I'm starting again, but with what Ben preaches and I am now feeling amazing. Not only that, but you can tell he's great, down-to-earth guy, great show. Thank you, Amart. I am so grateful you resonate with me. I appreciate you. I love the title, Encyclopedia of Keto. That's a good title for a book. (laughs) Thank you for listening and taking the time to leave that rating and review. Keep feeling amazing. Keep up the great work. And hey, if you haven't left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet, please do so right now. It makes a big difference. And maybe I'll read your review and give you a shout out on the next episode. Okay, let's go right into this episode with Eric Reynolds. Eric Reynolds uses a meat-based carnivore diet with minimal herbs and spices to recover from PTSD and dropped the last of his extra body weight. He was a cop with the Boynton Beach Police Department near West Palm Beach here in South Florida where I live when he got shot in the foot by an armed bank robber they were chasing. I'm not going to give too many more details on that, but you'll hear it shortly. He discovered the keto diet and not only did his health improve drastically with all the excess weight melting off his body, but he found peace and tranquility and began to return to his life. And his symptoms of PTSD started to fade. Here's Eric Reynolds. Eric Reynolds, Keto 5.0. Welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast, my friend. Hi, how you doing? Thank you. I'm doing great. Uh, We're going to share your, you're going to share your story, your journey, and some of the things you discovered learning about ketosis and carnivore and some of the cool practitioners and doctors you've connected with and some of the things you're doing with post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, mental issues, and just challenges a lot of people are having, especially cops and those who are uh, in the military or those who have retired from the police force. But I want to rewind to when you were a kid. I know that your mom was a Miami-Dade police officer. You're a South Floridian like myself. And I know that eventually when you got into college, you started tracking down people who were shoplifting. But I want to learn where you developed that mentality. So let's go back to Eric Reynolds as a child here in Miami, Florida. Well, my mom being a single mom, you know, she was, you know, a Spanish-speaking female. And she was a very huge asset at the police department. But she got me involved in sports. And I played a lot of football. And I, you know, half my coaches were cops that worked with my mom. So she always had eyes on me and stuff. So they became like my surrogate fathers and kept after me, you know, make sure my grades were good. My mom was checking, but she was busy being super cop, you know, so she always had someone looking out for me. I mean, I have a police car drop me off at practice and all the kids think I'm coming from juvie and it's not. It's me just, my mom couldn't make it home. Eric's in trouble. Eric's in trouble again. (laughs) So that, you know, it was cool, you know, I'm going off to college and then, like I say, catching shoplifters. And then eventually in Boynton Beach, they asked me, hey, you know, why don't you join us? You know, you can get a cool Batman belt with t- cool little tricks on it. Because back when I was chasing, we just fought hand to hand in handcuffs. But why were you why were you chasing down shoplifters? Like, was it just like something like a good citizen sort of deal? Or what, why were you doing that? We were allowed to back then. You know, the laws weren't as strict as you can't like walk off the curb now or something like that but i would chase them all over the city if i could it was fun you know i mean a thief's a thief to me you know so i'm like hey let's go get them and then you know obviously i eventually applied at boynton beach police department that's why i did my uh, career yeah boynton beach which is uh just north of where i live here in miami 
Yeah, that's interesting. When I was a kid, I went to high school in Miami Beach Senior High, which is in right there in South Beach. And I was a really bad kid. I was probably one of those kids you would have tracked down in a Walgreens or CVS or the old Eckerd's, if you remember that, uh, for stealing like a deck of cards, because that's the sort of thing that I did as a kid. I was a bad kid and I got my act together as an adult. So <laughs> it would have been funny if we would have crossed paths back then. You would have tra tracked me down and tackled my my butt. But that's okay. That's interesting. So you became a police officer with Boynton Beach. And then what were some of the highlights of your career? You retired in uh, uh, 2020. Is that when you retired? 2019, the end, the very end. The very end. So about a little over two years ago. But I know that there was a, I know there was a significant date, uh, June 12th, 2012, correct? Yes. That was something that happened in, in your career. So I would love for you to share that and the emotional impact that it left you and maybe some of the things you might be dealing with from that situation that happened. Yeah. I mean, I started like every officer, you know, I did my midnights, you know, work shift work and eventually you want to get off of that and get in special units. So I got into a bicycle unit and a community outreach, you know, we were helping kids ride bikes and talking about bicycle safety. And then you're also um, being involved in special operations. We did some takedowns, jump outs and stuff like that. So that was always pretty cool. And eventually, like everything changes, new manager comes in and they disband units and rebuild them as something else. Or they just do away with it sometimes because of budgets. So I'm back on the road. So I'm thinking about, all right, should I become a sergeant? Should I go to FTO school, which I eventually did? That's a field training officer where you can start training the rookies that are coming in. At, you know, I had about almost 10 years on at that point. I think it was a good time for me, you know, and it's one particular day, no different than any other shift. It was a Tuesday, June 12th, and uh, I was getting off early, a couple hours early. I put some timing. I was going to go play basketball. I was still staying active back then, even though I was probably about, 225, 230 pounds, and I was still a little too heavy, but I didn't realize it then. And a bolo went out, which is beyond a lookout, and it was a red, uh, instead of red Crown Vic with a white top, robbed a bank in Delray Beach, next city over. So I end up finding a red uh, Lincoln Town car with a white top. Kind of similar, same description of the driver, and Man, I get behind him. He stops in the middle of the road. I didn't even light him up. You know, I'm thinking back. He probably was waiting for me to walk up to the car, you know, but that's something else that happened later on. I didn't think about it. So I start reliving this day over and over again. And I waited for backup and he took off. So I called out dispatch. I'm like, oh, I think I got our bank robber. So we get a little brief car chase. You know, we're stepping on each other on the microphones because I don't know Chris is behind me trying to call it out. So sometimes the audio is very pat or pitchy and not that great so we go on a chase he crashes most guys when they crash they run so i'm getting out of my car expecting this guy to probably run i'm covering the car and all of a sudden you just see the gunfire he couldn't get his door open so he just reached out right and i've seen the ground fire up and i just start moving and i'm firing i think i hit the house behind the car you know it's all like suppression fire i'm like get away from me right just give me a second and I get by a telephone pole, and at that point, Officer Monroe, I start shooting. Monroe comes next to me. On my video, you'll see a cop getting pulled back. I'm actually at the driver's door shooting through the window at that point. We just engaged him and just and it ended the threat pretty much. And we hit him like 14 times out of 38 rounds we fired into the car. Pretty good odds considering when you shoot into a car, a lot of ricochets have happened, but it was it was intense, you know, and all of a sudden I'm 
you know, we're screaming, let me see your hands, all this stuff that's just out of habit. And I remember feeling the pain in my foot. And then I felt a tap on my shoulder. Another officer had his rifle out, a SWAT guy. He's like, we got this. So I backed away. And I saw I had holes, three holes through my shoe. It went right next to my big toe and just went straight through my foot. You know, coming out like right below the middle of my foot. And that's when the pain starts hitting. The adrenaline's starting to, you know, change a little bit. And I see another graze on my right leg. And that one just missed my shin. So that one probably would have knocked me down because that's more of a mechanical injury. You know, it's not just a muscle like happened to my left foot. That would have been another thing if I collapsed because I couldn't walk. I mean, that would have been a whole other, you know. But that goes into my mind, too. And, you know, when I was talking about you know some of my st- struggles with PTSD, how you replay all this stuff, you know. So anyways, we end up getting putting an ambulance. They take me to the hospital. I call my wife, make sure that she knows I'm okay. Call my mom. And I, asked, I remember asking the paramedic, um, what happened to the bad guy? And he's like, he's dead. And I was like, holy cow, man. I just killed a guy. Because we don't get into it to do that. You know? Oof, I still get emotional about it. Because at that point, it was either him or us. You know? And he made his decision. You know? And I'm sorry that's the decision he made. You know? But, but yeah, it does carry over. Um, when I tell the story, I cry at different parts sometimes. You know? I don't know why this point but i do get put back in that mindset telling the story you know and when you're being shot at you have to make a decision to fire back i mean like it's such a primal state to be in it's crazy you know and that's why i think cops like me that have gone through some traumatic stuff or anybody really it could be a nurse it could be someone saw a horrific car accident a regular you know civilian that's why we can bond about stuff like that you know because we've seen yeah. Some things, you know. Yeah. So look, looking back, uh, yeah, no need to be sorry. This is, you know, about that. I was just, no, it's, it's uh, really, it's fine. I mean, but, you know, looking back when you first saw the car, uh, you weren't sure it was the same car because they said it was a Crown Vic, but you saw a Lincoln, I think you said. So you were unsure, but you pulled up behind the guy and he stopped. And looking back, the reason he stopped is because he would have, try to like probably start blasting bullets at you if you would have gotten out of your car instead of waiting for backup is that what the thought process was yeah well there's more to it when i first saw him coming over the bridge he stopped at a light and i saw him and i looked in his window and i could see his hand with a ring tapping on the steering wheel and these are kind of details people remember when they've been through like traumatic things so what does that like mean like the person is getting he's a little nervous he's something right it was like uh oh there's a cop there and I've seen it before in other traffic stops and just dealing with people and their personalities and behaviors, you know, and mannerisms. And then he made a right turn. I had to make a U-turn to get behind him. So as I made the U-turn, he kind of gunned it a little bit. And then I caught up and he had a handicap tag. So I was like, maybe just an old timer coming from the beach. You know, I don't know, you know. So, but yeah, looking back, I mean, if he shot at me on the crash, why wouldn't he have shot at me walking up to the car at that point? Right. Yeah, and that decision you made to wait for backup was a very wise decision looking back at it. I hope, you know, I have a tattoo, you know, slow is fast. There's a term we use when we're doing building searches, smooth is fast. Take your time. You don't have to rush things. Sometimes I think we rush things in all aspects of life, especially in our job. Just wait. Wait for somebody before you go hands-on and you're fighting one-on-one with a guy. Wait if you can. Not always Not always you can wait, but... Yeah, I think that was my experience and just kind of like, all right, just hold up. Just wait for 
Yeah, great. I'm glad you did. Uh, and and I know that you had shared about this, that he was wanted by, I think you said the FBI. So this guy had like nothing to lose. That's why he was just like, uh, I'm going to go out. I'm going to try to get away. I'm going to do whatever it takes, even if it requires me losing my life. And that's exactly what happened. And that is a very traumatic event. And a lot of cops deal with similar stories. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden your fat burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden your cells produce energy. So you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is Pure lifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. You know, you could relate a traumatic event like that. Not the same thing, but you could relate that to losing a loved one, right? A lot of people who have lost a loved one to diabetes, like my dad. My dad, he lost his life through the complications of diabetes. Nine months worth of me watching him on his hospital bed. It was very, a very uh, hard emotional impact that still to this day is embedded into my subconscious mind, embedded into my thoughts, embedded into my life. And a lot of people have dealt with that through cancer, diabetes, we know through COVID, et cetera. And you have some ways to kind of use keto and, and other tools to work with those emotional impacts. Before we transition to that, I, I just want to stay on the topic here of you still being a cop and, uh, you know, the lifestyle of police officers out there. You mentioned you're 220 pounds, but I've seen it a lot too. A lot of uh, police officers who are very much unhealthy. Like what is the lifestyle like in general for police officers, their eating habits, et cetera, things, things of that nature? I mean, it's it's not donuts, but it's, it, might, it might as well be because it all turns into the glucose anyways, right? That makes us fat. So, I mean, whether it's pizza or fast food, you know, um, protein, some of the shakes and some of the things, the meal planning they try to do. Um, a couple of my clients I picked up were from my old department that I work with. I try to get them to fast on an 11 or 12 hour shift so they don't have to think about meal planning at that point. You know, and I find out their routine if they're on nights. I know it's not always easy. Your schedule might be different, but, you know, usually it's they're eating on the run. You know, some guys meal plan, but, you know, they I can eat cold rice and meat if I was on shift, right? If I was in a hurry. A lot of guys, oh, I need to heat it up or I need a hot meal. I, I deserve it. And, you know, next thing you know, they're eating, you know, 
something from Taco Bell or something like that. And, you know, we all know over the years that catches up with us. It doesn't catch up with it. Oh, in my twenties, I could eat whatever I wanted. Oh, it's coming, buddy. Keep going. You'll see it. You know? Yeah. And yeah, it's just, unfortunately the coffee, the cigarette smoke and the high stress, the drinking, uh, they can't, you know, only thing they can do is either booze, smoke, or go get prescription drugs, right? They have no alternative. You know, they go CBD oil and try to relax at night another way. They can't do that. You know, so that's one of the shames. I think it's a high stress job, man. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, fasting is a great thing that you do for them because, you know, when you're fasted, you're alert, you're focused, you're not having to use resources and energy to process a meal. You, you use that to hunt down a bad guy or just be really on top of your games. So for example, I'm not a police officer, but when I want to feel on top of my game, if I'm speaking on stage, I'm always going to be in a fasted state because the body will start to go into this old school wiring of, oh, we're going through a famine. It's been 12 hours, 16 hours. Let's start ramping up these hormones, counter-regulatory hormones. Let's start pumping the body full of energy so it could be alert, so it could go out there and hunt and kill the next meal. But of course, we have food readily available to us, so we could use that energy we could use the focus to just do a good job at our job, whether you're a police officer, stay-at-home mom, a teacher, whatever it is. So fasting is a great tool. But at what point did you discover keto? And what impact did the film Magic Pill have on this journey? Yeah, well, after my shooting, I had a rough time. You know, I got back on the road. I was thinking I was going to get in another shooting every call I went to, no matter how basic it was. And I was lucky enough to get an evidence job, which was Monday to Friday, like banker's hours. No stress of holidays. I wasn't out there on patrol wearing my vest, going in the banks to build. You know, I, I just went on that level. I was still a cop, still had certain duties I had to do. But over that time, you know, I wasn't moving around as much, you know, sitting down more. And I just, you know, I went from 225. I remember it's like 248 at one point. And then I tried it on my own, like I always did. All right, I cut out the beer. Let's eat, you know, whatever, whatever old way of eating, which is totally wrong. And, you know, I did eliminate sweets and stuff like that. So I lost like 10 pounds, maybe. I got down to like 238. I was still just there. And I went to the doctor. He's like, oh, your cholesterol is high and all, the whole speech. And I remember playing basketball with a guy because I still played, you know, even after my shooting, I still played, you know, trying to stay in shape. And he had lost like 50 pounds. And he said something about keto. I, didn't, I thought it was a karate freaking school, right? And keto goes, karate. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to take that now. Keto karate guy. And he told me about it. And it didn't stick right away. The next couple times I saw him. And he was a former athlete that had gained 50 pounds. And then he lost that weight. And I saw what he was doing on the basketball court in his forties, like almost dunking as like a six foot dude. I was like, geez. So then I, what was that? You know, I text him, what was that? And he goes, ketogenic.com. That was the basic, not to give them any props or whatever. That was the first place. Yeah, I went. We, and we loved ketogenic.com, Ryan Lowry. They're a great resource. Yeah. Yeah. I went in there and I started reading about it. A lot of it kind of making sense. And then I started doing some meals and then I dove into it when my kids' little T-ball league started. And I had mentioned before, first thing I made for myself was a fathead pizza. And I had it for breakfast, a couple of slices, and wasn't hungry the whole day. And then I had, you know, some chicken broccoli casserole thing. And then I meal planning was real. I took control of what I was eating more than anything. And I always knew how to cook. I cooked through college. I wasn't a master chef, but I did 
you know, all the fast food cooking, like in Fridays or, you know, those type of restaurants and stuff like that. So I can grill a steak. I can make, you know, basic stuff and meal prep. And within two weeks I was down like, I don't know, eight pounds or something. I know that's a lot of water and all this stuff. I'm flushing the system. But at that point to me, I hadn't seen results like that, that fast feeling about my belt. Um, and I was doing it every day, weighing myself, stop it, stop it, do it once every week, every two weeks. And I actually have a series of like pictures of every two weeks where you see it's like 230, 228, 226. And it was because the car manager app, I went in there, put in how much weight I wanted to lose by this date. And it was like six months out. It says you need to lose like a pound and a half every two weeks or whatever. And I stuck to it. I learned what was in my food by scanning, looking at the back. Holy cow, I didn't know that. Like, I just was, you know, I've said before, like, you know, cops, we study the law and we don't study anything about nutrition. And that's the biggest tool we can have to help ourselves and others. I mean, it's true. crazy. And my mind just exploded. I was like, you know, you're talking about energy levels. And now I'm in evidence. I got one of those desks, the very desk that goes up and down. I'm standing all day long. I was watching my steps. My It was just insane. And then the weight just started, you know, shedding off. And then I got around 204, 205, six months later, and just was rocking that. I was happy at 200, man. That was my goal. That was high school weight for me. You know, I didn't expect to get down to 176 after doing carnivore and seeing my abs and getting all like, oh, my, this is what I could have been rocking the last 50 years. And then I started looking at government. I'm not government, you know. FDA, my experience with pharmaceutical companies being in South Florida is, you know, I went through the opiate crisis. We've arrested doctors that were just freaking getting bribed left and right. So I don't have a high respect for the pharmaceutical industry. I think they're more like a cartel. They're influenced in our governments, our medical schools. It's just their power that they got is scary, you know, and I just don't trust them, you know, and that was part of my own journey. And then obviously that journey with my own kids' nutrition has been huge. That opened my eyes to where I, you know, how I should have probably ate growing up too, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's amazing. And uh, during that tra- that uh, transition to a keto lifestyle, you, you watched the magic pill and that opened up your eyes when you were trying to learn about keto. I remember you sharing about that. And then you got to a certain point around 200 or so, and then you discovered uh, Dr. Paul Saladino's work and the carnivore code, and then you transitioned to carnivore, and then that got you down to 176, which is uh, a great tool for those listening or watching. I mean, carnivore, awesome tool. I, I'll do carnivore two to three times a year for 40 days in a row, and I feel really good with it. It's a great way to mix things up, get rid of uh, plant toxins, and then bring them back in and see if your gut tolerates it. So at what point did you decide, okay, you know, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna call myself the Keto Five O, and uh, I'm gonna create a website and start helping people. When did that start? Well, we're, you know, we're only a 180 person police department, roughly, so we're not huge. But people, you know, everyone talks. We're nosy. We're little gossipers too, you know, because we're a bunch of guys and we're all talking about each other, and you know, and word gets around. And I'm in evidence. People come to give me evidence, like, hey, I haven't seen you in a couple. You looking good, man. What's up? You know, and I'm like, oh, you gotta try this keto way of eating. They're like, what? And I just try to refer people like to the magic pill. I go, just try to understand it, understand what they've been doing to us. Right. And some people did and they started losing weight. You know, I had one officer lose like 50 pounds and he was like, you got to talk to keto five Oh or something like that. It just became because they called us five Oh in the hood and it goes back to Hawaii five Oh. So it just became hey keto five Oh. Right. 
So I started working on little designs and, you know, stuff. I was just having fun with it. And then I started texting groups, but it started to get, you know, I had too many people. It's like, let me start a little Facebook group and start with like eight of us. You know, now it's over a thousand. I mean, I'm not trying to make it too big, but it was, you know, a community of first responders or somebody wants to learn about it. They can join it too. It's not like I'm restricted to just cops. And you started, I started posting stuff, you know, from Dr. Ken Berry and then, you know, other relevant, you know, doctor, I was big with Dr. David Diamond about the statins and all that. And meeting him and low carb Boca was awesome because that dude reading or listening to his speech, man, did that help? Cause I was at a point where they were really pushing the uh, statins on me and the cholesterol. And it was just really scaring me. You know, they had this boogeyman spell they were putting on me to make me think I'm going to die, you know? And so, yeah, you know, I just became, in it and studying and reading about it. And I actually was looking up health practitioners through Low Carb USA because they had a, a list. And that's where I saw all Robert Saivas and some other people. And then I joined and then I ended up talking to Doug one day and he's like, oh, you got to come on the podcast. I've never done a podcast like that. I've taught cop stuff. And it was exciting. I felt like, wow, you know, and then I ended up going to sports nutrition school over there or online during the pandemic. I got my personal training license and then I just started helping people wherever campsite, you know, that's a whole nother thing. We've been camping for the last two years. So every campsite I go to, I'm meeting retired people. They love to camp. They're all on medication. Most of them are obese or metabolically sick on some level. And I'm just seeing it like waves, man. And I'm like, man, and we just start, I start talking to these guys. I'm helping them. And I'm like, hey, you're the keto guy, right? So this just that's how it pretty much stuck. You know, I mean, it's it's been fun. Yeah, I love that journey. And you're you're just getting started with it. So it's, it's really cool to see. And I'm I'm excited to see what it, where it takes you next. What what kind of um, positive impact have you seen with using ketosis and maybe even intermittent fasting for the emotional health aspect, especially those with PTSD or just traumatic mental emotional stress, like significant mental emotional stress. What kind of impact have you seen with keto and fasting for that? Well, obviously, you know, you got to feed the brain, right? And that's why I was so big on not falling for statins. I wasn't going to starve myself of cholesterol that my brain probably needed. And when I started eating clean, and then I did seek help. You know, I did have to go through workers' comp. I did have to fight those well, lawyers and get the help I needed. It wasn't an easy path, you know, and that helped a lot because I found the right therapist to really help me and understanding. He's like, you have to learn how to dance with this, you know, because it's not going away. You know, it has to do with your central nervous system, you know, and it's a lot of stuff outside your control, you know, being in that state of hypervigilance all the time, you know. I mean, I wasn't rolling around the ground every night like that, you know, but the thoughts that were going through my head, I couldn't even tell my wife some of that stuff was going through. But anyways, got that help. And then once I started losing weight, energy levels went out. I got clear, you know, more clear-minded about things. Feeling really good for the first time in a long time. I wasn't as sore. I wasn't as inflamed, of course. I mean, now I understand that. But then I did, especially in the beginning. Damn, old knee injuries not hurt. Well, like I lost 40 pounds. Of course it's not going to hurt. But a lot of other things, you know, were just started to happen skin rashes, you know, the certain things I was always cyst. I was getting on my back all the time, you know, it turns out it's all toxic stuff. My body was just shoving it wherever it could, you know? And 
that was it. And then once I helped a couple of cops, you know, and seeing how keto helped them, I don't know if it's helping them with PTSD, but I know it did with me, man. It was just, it, it reduced inflammation in my whole body. I have to say it probably did it to my brain on some weird level too. Just the calming effect of it and retiring helped too. You know, you get out of that stressful job, you know, you change careers, you get a different focus. I was a parent late. You know, my son was five months old when I was in my shooting. They're 10 and six now, my two boys. So now I'm there with them. I'm their dad. I'm, you know, that's a whole game changer too. I think my poor mom, her whole career, you know, she was working so much. We missed each other. So I turned in the hallways, you know, like two passing ships. You know, you pay for that pension, you know, but I'm able to enjoy it right now. And, you know, I know most cops die before they get to really enjoy their pension. They die of heart attacks and develop diabetes and become, you know, doctor patients for life. So I know that really wasn't talking about the PTSD, but it just, you know, I know what it did for me mentally and my focus. And I felt like I was saying I was feeling better and I was feeling confident. You know, you lose weight, you feel good. Hey, you know, you're happier, you know, overall. That's right. Yeah, there's so many, many ways that keto and intermittent fasting and this ancestral sort of living lifestyle helps to deal helps you deal with emotional stress. And a lot of people the last two years have been dealing with a lot of emotional stress. Maybe it's not PTSD as bad as that. But still, there's an emotional impact uh, when you are sick from COVID or losing somebody through whatever disease or losing your job or just maybe somebody's watching the news all day, please don't watch the news all day and you're just living in, in, in stress and fear. Did you know there's actually beverages that can supercharge your fasting results? My favorite, which is a keto powerhouse, is apple cider vinegar. There's a ton of research showing apple cider vinegar has been beneficial for boosting your metabolism, suppressing appetite, reducing fat storage. That's because apple cider vinegar contains acetic acid which is a short-chain fatty acid that's been shown to promote weight loss in those ways. Also, apple cider vinegar is one of the best ways to balance your blood sugars. A study showed apple cider vinegar improved insulin sensitivity after high-carb meals up to 34%. We also know that apple cider vinegar stimulates digestion, acts as a bile stimulant to help break down the fat you're eating on keto. Another research study showed apple cider vinegar protects against mineral depletion. If you're like me, you probably don't like the taste of apple cider vinegar. I think it tastes disgusting. That's why my go-to is Paleo Valley's apple cider vinegar complex. This is an organic blend of apple cider vinegar and four more gut and health supportive superfoods. I take this before my meals. I take it before coffee and this enhances my fast and my blood sugar regulation. You'll find it contains organic apple cider vinegar, organic turmeric, organic ginger, organic Ceylon cinnamon, and organic lemon. Since you are a listener of the Keto Camp podcast, we worked out an exclusive discount code for you to get the apple cider vinegar complex capsules and all of the products over at Paleo Valley. All you need to do is head to paleovalley.com and use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. By the way, they got delicious beef sticks and an awesome organ meat complex. Go check them out. Paleovalley.com. That is KetoCamp15 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below in the show notes. What ketosis can do and intermittent fasting is a one-two punch because, of course, you're going to minimize those glucose and insulin spikes by increasing your fat and protein and decreasing your carbs, a.k.a. keto. 
And then with intermittent fasting, great for the gut. And the gut communicates with the brain and back and forth. So whatever happens in the gut happens in the brain. Whatever happens in the brain happens in the gut. So fasting is a great, great way to reset the gut. And then, the, like you said, the downregulation of inflammation, including neuroinflammation, is only going to help you focus and, and think better thoughts and just overcome a lot of those mental challenges. Now, that's not to say that's the only thing somebody might need to do. Like you saw a therapist, somebody might need to see a, a specialist. But the nutrition part and the lifestyle, meaning like the meal timing, intermittent fasting, those need to be implemented in whatever protocol your therapist or psychologist or whoever you're working with is teaching you. You got to implement the nutrition part because if you're a sugar burner eating carbohydrates every two to three hours, it's going to be very difficult to overcome those mental hurdles unless you dial that in. Would you agree with that, Eric? Yeah, I saw it with my kids too because my wife's always eating pretty clean and she's fed my kids. I mean, we experimented in the beginning when she was first breastfeeding you know, we saw how her diet affected him. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. And she was a hard charger. She did three years. So we got a lot of practice to see, oh, you know, that doesn't work or this does work. And then as they were growing up, you know, we didn't give them processed foods and sugars and stuff, you know, like Halloween, all the candy they get, they get to trade it for a little Lego set or something. No candy. Get that. Awesome. Set yeah, all I love right. that. So we did different things. We show up with our own almond flour, like cupcake at a birthday party. And my friends would be like, aren't you embarrassed? I don't care. Would we feed your kid heroin or cocaine right, at yeah. a party because everyone else was? No. So, I mean, I know sugar is very addictive. I've seen Dr. Lustig's presentations and read some of his book. And I'm like, man, how is this even out there just to be allowed to just be, you know, thrown around? So that journey of my boys and seeing how, you know, they have a slice of pizza, how it takes them sometimes two days to bounce back from that stuff, man. And it affects their behavior. And then obviously, like we mentioned earlier, magic pills, seeing what that autistic ch children were going through and how they changed their diet. And we've had family members that have, have been hit with Asperger's and stuff like that. And seeing what the diet has done to them is amazing. And why wouldn't it apply to us normal if we're just normal, right? Like, why, why do you have to have an issue to eat right, you know? That's right. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the autism, you know, Asperger's autism spectrum, big part of that is diet, uh, you know, of course, toxicity and other issues as well. But if you think about the projection, right, according to the CDC, if you want to believe the CDC, they are predicting that by the year 2032, which is just 10 years from this conversation, that one in two children will be born on the autism spectrum. Okay, that is their projection right now one and two children. That does, doesn't just affect the children that are be, being born, but society. I mean, if you think about it, if one and two children are born on the autism spectrum, either you're autistic or you're having to help somebody who's autistic. And that's not to say an autistic person is not brilliant and can't function well, but it's just to say that there's something going on with the food supply. There's something going on with our environment. And that's not normal. Like if you go back 50 years ago, it was pretty rare to see this. And then it went into one out of a thousand to one out of 200 and one now it's one in 32 and then it's going to be one in two in 10 years according to their projection i mean diet is a big part of that and the magic pill talk you know showed that with that film which is super impactful yeah and then you fall into the other ones you know fat fiction fat you know you're just like wow wow yeah. wow and another really again you know i read uh what uh nina teichelt's book you know big fat surprise yeah, great book they are organized crime. I started getting mad because I think about how they lied to my mom in the 80s telling her that the cereal, you know, is nutritious and with Pop-Tarts. Yeah, that's what I need to be eating before school. 
start, start nodding off at 10 o'clock for that awesome school lunch that's coming. Ooh, that's good. Oh, the that's vending good. machines. And yeah, I remember that when I was a kid. The stuff I ate for me to be able to heal shows how awesome and amazing the body is when you feed it correctly. It's, it's crazy to me that I was able to heal like this. It's all through diet. I got a couple of friends that don't even work out and they're losing weight office job man i lost 30 pounds and they're not even exercising absolutely yeah and then when you pair it with exercise even better right it takes it to another level but yeah i mean it's 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 a powerful tool and you know there's nothing new about keto uh just because it was new to you eric a few years ago or new to some people doesn't make it new it's been around for as long as humans have existed (laughs) like it's an ancient ancient healing strategy and we we have a battle right i mean we look at like you mentioned sugar being highly addictive which it is i mean they've done experiments with rats Sugar, cocaine, and I'll take the sugar, said the rats. And some studies even show that the same region of the brain lights up when somebody experiences a cocaine addiction, same region in the brain that lights up when somebody experiences a sugar addiction, making sugar in this scenario as addicting as cocaine. And some people even say sugar is more addictive than cocaine. And if that's the case, we know that that is the case, then why do we have these drug dealers in our vending machines, at our children's schools, at the Walgreens, the Publix, the supermarkets. I mean, there's a drug dealer on every single corner. And the battle is that it's so socially acceptable that when you go to a party like Eric does with his almond flour cupcakes, he's the weird one, right? But that is actually the right thing to do because if they understand the physiological and psychological impact of what sugar does to you, then you would be in the same camp as Eric and I as being very cautious and aware and making sure we have different alternatives. So I love that you do that. Yeah, we do blueberries and strawberries. You know, we're not like, I call them, they're my keto kids, right? And they're heavy meat eaters. That's one of the reasons we do this travel trailer life, trying to go to different farms to help farmers out. And they're all grass-fed farms. And, you know, we're learning this life also because we figured out, I, I can't take, the government's not going to take care of me the right way. You know, they've profited and businesses have profited from us being sick for a long time. They don't want us to die right away. Then they'll outlaw it. But they'll keep us sick for a lifetime to profit from it. So that's correct. Yeah. A, a, a cured patient is a lost customer. Right. So they, you know, unfortunately, don't they're, they're not incentivized to get somebody cured and reversing things like diabetes. I mean, type two diabetes is fairly easy to reverse and keto and intermittent fasting are great ways to do that. But when you speak to your conventional doctor, oh no, 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 we can't, you can't reverse that. I mean, we could help you manage it and here are some drugs. I mean, that's a cash cow, it's a billion dollar industry. If you're anything like me, you spend a lot of money on supplements each month. Have you ever thought these supplements are actually working for you? Are they attaching to your receptor sites and helping your cells do a specific job? What if you're not getting enough minerals? Or what if you have too much of something creating an imbalance in other minerals? Knowing this will not only save you money, but it'll also improve your health so you could balance out the vitamins and minerals that you really need. With that being said, how the heck do you know if you have a mineral imbalance? What I'm bringing you today is a chance to accurately test all of that at the comfort of your home. In this case, I'm talking about my friends over at Upgraded Formulas and their Upgraded Hair Test Kit and Consultation. When you discover the truth here and what's going on with your body, you can vanquish any of those hidden deficiencies that are affecting your metabolism, thyroid, adrenals, mental performance, endurance, strength, and sleep, just to name a few. 
I've had Barton Scott on the show before and he gave a masterclass on minerals. How this works is simple. You are sent a test kit and you use some of your hair. You just cut off a short piece of your hair. It could be on your head or pubic hair. You send it back to them and they have your results. They also offer a consultation to go over your results with you. It's simple, it's effective, and it's one of the best tests to know if what you're doing is working for you or not. If you'd like to get your hands on their deficiency test and consultation, head to upgradedformulas.com. Use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 to receive 15% off your entire order. That is upgradedformulas.com. Use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below. You know, you mentioned your RV. Coppers and campers. We're gonna we're gonna brand your RV and call it the Keto Camper. <laughs> uh, two years ago, you decided to to go on this adventure even before COVID hit, and then share a little bit more about the last two years traveling the U.S. in the RV. Some of the things you've. What are the highlights of the last two years? Yeah, Keto Camp, Keto Camper. That sounds like we should have Keto Camp at a Keto Campground. So, <laughs> no, what happened was I were. You know, when we retired, we decided to travel the country. We didn't know where home was going to be. For me to retire at 50 years old, I was able to retire on my 50th birthday. That was cool. Like, see ya. You know, everyone's like, what are you going to do for a 50th birthday? I'm retiring. That's what I'm doing. That's a great gift. And the previous, that July, I found a brother through 23andMe that was a cop in Florida. And it became kind of a news story back then. He was a cop, too. Two hours away in Orlando. And you were a cop. You had no idea that you were brothers. 23andMe, genetic testing, and he was two hours away. Another police officer that you were related to. That's crazy. A year and a half older. My dad had knocked a girl up back in 1967, which was an interesting conversation to have with dad. Say, dad, where were you in 1967? You know, he said, me too. You know, and remember, man, there was so much more that came out. Anyways, Dave's awesome. He's been RVing for 10 years. So when we started doing, we did Fox and Friends in the morning. We got, uh, we auditioned for Amazing Race because they wanted the Cock Brothers or something. It was just a fun time. I was retiring. I just lost all that weight. Things were just moving in the right direction. And we had already camped. And my wife was indoctrinating me with tiny houses, with back storage containers on top of each other in the woods and see if we can live like that. And like this lady. And then it was treehouse shows. I'm like, all right. What, what are we going to do? So Dave convinced me to rent a camper and we camped with him at a campsite. And it was pretty dope, man. I'm like, man, this is it. Just walk outside the beaches there or the woods or you're sleeping in your same bed, the same toilet, same shower. Everything's right where it's supposed to be. You just change your front door scenery all the time. So we decided to do that. And we bought a camper and then COVID hit. Everyone's kind of on lockdown for a little bit, but we never knew it. We were all over Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia for the first wave in 2020 and then just figure out camping and tow in you know and I was meeting a lot of people as I was studying I was going through school at that point and then 2021 hit and we decided to see all five great lakes so we started up in Niagara Falls and we went all the way up to Marquette Michigan seeing Lake Superior and our kids got to swim and touch and get rocks and that's you know we've been homeschooling for about three years anyways before covid so everything was just organically happening and we'd figure one day we'd find a place we want to settle down we didn't know where that, where that was going to be and the way the world's going right now i like our footprint being light we don't you know we don't like this neighborhood later we just hook up the truck and pull it away and we go to a new spot 
But cops and campers started in Ithaca, New York. We ran into some uh, people that weren't big supporters of law enforcement. So we decided to start this camping group and go to pro-cop first responder campsites, rather pay them than these other people. And it's also going to be a retreat. Um, I did a documentary back in 2018 when I was still heavy. It's called Cops and Cabins. It was a very therapeutic get-together of eight cops from different agencies. And it was no barriers. Nobody was going to go tell your boss or tell your wife. And we just all got together and told stories. And it was so therapeutic for us that this idea was developed about, man, if we could just get cops together or firemen or whoever needs it, really, to get together and talk will make a difference in suicides, will make a difference in, you know, obviously guys are battling things from their careers. I'm meeting a lot of retired cops that have, they got great stories, horrible stories, some of them, and they need to talk about it. They need to share it. So they can get in these campfire circles and then I can start telling them, hey man, I was 75 pounds heavy. You may want to look at what you're also feeding yourself. And then, you know, maybe I could peek in and say, hey, you know, try this way of eating. Maybe we can help you out and maybe we can save a few guys here or there. So we started this cop and campers group. We got a big event in Ithaca, New York, June 24th, 25th. We got live band. We got them bringing the SWAT trucks out and all the kids are going to be able to just, you know, support the cops. And it sold out, I'm pretty sure. Um, there wasn't many spots left. And it's, like I said, Friday, Saturday. And we hope to make it regional and bounce around all over the country and get us together and just, I'm hoping one cop meets another cop, man, and that's become buds and that's what he needed. Something like that, you know, and it could be diet, it could be health, mental, all kinds of wellness. Yeah, or just, you know, community, which is very important for health. You know, I love that. I love that. And you have a website, which is keto50.com. So K-E-T-O-F-I-V-E-O.com, where you have some, some what are the things you offer on, on terms, let, let's say somebody listening right now or watching is a first responder or a police officer or just somebody who really resonates with your message? What are some things that you offer on your website for them? Well, they can hire me, of course. I'm not trying to sell. What I found in the first year, I tried to, I did an internship kind of with myself, took on people, tried to stay on top of them. And, you know, I knew without money in it or something for them to really value, it was becoming hard for me to keep people on board. So I finally said, all right, I'll start charging a little sum and they get all of me. I don't like going, having a bunch of clients. I like having one or two. You got me. If I'm in your town, I'll come to your house and raid your pantry, just like a magic pill. You know, I want to do that to my moms, but I can't, you know, I, she's a cop. She's still, she's still badass. So I can't go nosing around her cabinets, right? Probably be a revolver in there. Like, <laughs> so yeah. And I talk, I, you know, they get me all week. I can do video calls. I can teach them how to work out, like do resistance training that, you know, I learned through Dr. Ben and, that's been great working a camping life or doing this life, only working out two to three, you know, times a week and everything else is stretching and cardio. I mean, what that's done for me, my flexibility, it's crazy. I just try to get them moving, stretching and reading because they got to know what they're putting in their own bodies. And my goal is I have you one month, maybe two, depending on how much you need, but then I set you free. You're, you're good. You're going to figure it out. You have to understand how to do this. I'm not going to be there when you drive by McDonald's, understand They've tested that food on rats to make it irresistible. That's why you're craving it. Don't be a rat. Don't be a rat. Good advice. <laughs> right? No, it's crazy. It's like, I don't want to be an experimentation for these people that are, you know, and you, you'll see the health. And I just try to like push them. I'll guide them. You know, I love coaching people. And that's pretty much what I offer. But I can do a lot of versatile things. I can talk to them deep. They got some PTSD stuff. 
you know, I'm not a therapist like that, but I can talk to people all day long. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure somebody listening, I'm sure multiple people will reach out to you regarding that. Well, um, I got one guy real quick, Ben, I'm sorry, he reached out and he's 47. He's got his AC or his A1C was 6.8. I'm like, I go, you're a diabetic, dude. And he just can't believe it. he's on. No way. No, no way. I go, dude, you're one of those ones that's they're always talking about how you don't know it. You know, and you just got to find the right practitioners. There's tons of us out there. You don't have to go to your doctor down the block. You can see your on a video call. You can see somebody that follows your line of thinking, you know, and I don't think enough people know that they're so they feel loyal to their doctors, like a priest for some reason. Yeah, no, that's seriously uh, my audience for the most part gets that and conversations like this help. So that's why, you know, you want to share conversations like this with your friends and family and get the message out there because like, Eric said, most people don't know that. And most people are not even aware that they have diabetes. And it could take years for diabetes to be diagnosed for a, from a conventional doctor. But you could do something about it right now. And like I said, it's fairly easy to reverse type 2 diabetes. Besides your website, keto50.com, what are some other maybe social media handles that you have that the uh, keto campers could go check out? Yeah, you can get me on, obviously, Instagram or Twitter. It's all keto50, you know, like you said, the F-I-V-E. Oh, you know, like a Y five O. Yeah, that's where I am. My Facebook group's on there. I just invited you today. I love putting up articles and just information and recipes and stuff like that. And just to get people going, you know, I'm always open for a chat, you know, hit me up. You know, somebody, especially in law enforcement, that's really struggling or has something just because they're not telling you doesn't mean they're not struggling. That's right. Yeah, I have a. In, I live in Bay Harbor Islands. Are you familiar with that area here, Miami Bay Harbor? I used to work at Sunny Isles Beach. Yeah, so like five minutes south of that, right? So there's um, I walk my dog twice a day every morning. And there's a neighbor of mine that lives like three blocks away. I always say hi to her. She always says hi to me. And then we got into a conversation uh, a couple of months ago, and I was like, "Oh, how are you doing today?" And she was like, "Well, she like opened up to me. She said that." Her boyfriend was a police officer in New York City, and he actually ended up committing suicide. And she had no idea like how bad it was. She was devastated, but it just goes to show you, to your point, like that's happening a lot, especially in the law enforcement first responders. So, you know, it makes me think if this, if her boyfriend had somebody like Eric or a community or somebody to talk to and open up, would that have saved his life? Maybe, you know, possibly. So. Uh, I hope you would listen to this conversation uh, maybe again for those listening and watching and then share it with somebody. Go check out Eric's work. We'll put all of his social media handles down below. We'll put his website down below. Check out his event taking place in June. This will be out before that. So if you're in that area, maybe you could check it out as well. Any final words you want to share for the Keto Campers? Just uh, stick with it, man. It's not a diet. It's a way of life, man. I mean, it's it's been awesome. you know. And I like to think that way of eating just put probably another 10 years of good years on my life rather than you know we've seen how how life has been ending for most of our elderly nowadays but keep working it, it works amen brother well i acknowledge you eric thank you for sharing today i appreciate you uh sharing your journey and all that you've gone through it's really cool to see what you've taken uh from what you've learned and experienced and now you're applying it and helping a lot of people and you're just getting started uh, can't wait to see where you're at a year from now two years from now five ten years from now you're going to impact a lot of lives and maybe i'll maybe have we'll you on my podcast one day maybe i'll have you'll have me on the keto 50 podcast great name for a podcast right uh and i'm sure we'll run into each other in person at a, at a conference uh, some somewhere a keto conference yeah so, i gotta thank you, you my coins man you gotta i gotta get one of your coins brother you earned a coin all right brother Thank you.
I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Eric. Share this with somebody you know who's gone through PTSD, who has PTSD, who's gone through a traumatic state in their past. Share it with a police officer, a firefighter, a first responder, somebody who could really value a conversation like this. And go check out Eric Reynolds. His website is keto50.com. He has a Facebook group, a Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. We'll put all that down below. He also has a group for his cops and campers which we'll reference down below. We will also put a link for the magic pill and everything mentioned on this episode is down below. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Share with a friend. Please leave it a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Super grateful you spent part of your day with Eric and I. Have an amazing day and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.